You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 241, The Arisicats, Creme de la Creme a la Edgar. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. And I'm Chelsea Robson. Chelsea, do you want to be a cat? Everybody wants to be a cat, Morgan. I want but to. do you want to be a cat? Uh, no lie. Well, huh. <laughs> That's a no. That's no, a no. I don't. So that, that song is, is false. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a cat either. Zero desire to be a cat. But again, it's, it's cats talking to other cats. So why would you not? Exactly. But that is what our movie today is going to be about. We've had... We haven't done a movie on the podcast in a few weeks because we had our 10th anniversary special and just been doing a lot of fun things. I've really been loving the nerdy couch discussion episodes that we've been doing, and we still have some really fun ones. The other day on the patron cast, we were talking, we're talking with one of our patrons, Bethany. If you don't know the patron cast, basically what it is, is once a month, we'll get together with the patrons and we'll just hang out. So we go, we go live on Facebook and you can join us if you want to. You can ask questions. So we talk about all sorts of things. Just a really fun, nerdy hangout. And I don't know how it came up, but we were talking about um, how my kids are listening to the uh, like the Disney Greatest Hit CDs. And okay. if you're a millennial, you know what these are. There's the green yes. one, the red one, the purple one. They <laughs> they were a thing. Okay, it was just a, a hodgepodge of like the best of the Disney songs. And so the song from Mulan, I'll Make a Man Out of You, came on. And I remember texting Chelsea because we've been listening to this quite a bit. And I, I texted her, this is a top 10 Disney song. And then when we were on the patron cast, I realized, wait, 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 a, wait a second. This is a top 10 Disney song for me. I don't remember talking about this at all. And yeah. so we started talking. We're like, wait, that doesn't really fit into any of the categories that we have been talking. About. We realized that there are other categories that I missed and we need to make up for that. So I have gone in and I've created other lists. So th more of those will come as well. Mm -hmm. Some of them are a little bit unconventional and I really like some of these that we've come up with. So be sure to subscribe. They're going to be some really cool, fun ones, but that is not today. So stay tuned. We do have another one called the best of the rest, which is basically all the d animated films that aren't Disney, but also have songs. And we're going to be breaking those down which will be fun. The patrons are helping us out with that, which is great. But we need today, a lot of patron help for that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually turned into a bigger project than we anticipated. So uh, patrons, we appreciate your help. We love your help. So, But back to being a cat, something I don't want to be, but I really do enjoy <laughs> this movie. We are going to be talking about Disney's The Aristocats. Which pet's address is the finest in Paris? Which pets possess the longest pedigree? Which pets get to sleep on velvet mats? Naturellement, the aristocats. Which pets are blessed with the fairest... All right, before we get into our main discussion, let's set the stage, shall we? 
The Aristocats. It came out December 11th, 1970, and it kicked off the 70s for Disney animation. It was directed by Wolfgang Reitherman, also known as Wooly Reitherman. Wooly. <laughs> the budget was $4 million, and box office total over the years did $191 million, which is very, very impressive. If you would have told me, hey, this movie made $191 million over its, its various releases, I would not have guessed that. But even in its initial release, it went to worldwide to $28 million. So based on a $4 million budget, this was incredibly successful. And this is definitely during the era when they were scaling back on the cost. This is actually the last animated film that Walt Disney himself signed off on or like gave the okay and then it still went through various iterations. But this is kind of like the beginning of an era in a way. I don't know if you would say that Jungle Book is the beginning of an era because that's another one that Disney was involved with, but it came out after his release. That's another thing that we should do for our nerdy couch discussions is talking about the various eras of Walt Disney animation history because our a few years ago, a lot of our writers, they did a whole series, which was really, really cool. And at, they broke down the different eras. They had names. We had these really cool graphics that came with it. So I think we're going to add that to the list after we finish all of our music stuff, which it'll never end. We're always going to talk about music. <laughs> it'll never but it'd be really fun to break down each one of these eras, defining characteristics and the movies that are included. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for that. We got so many cool things coming up. <laughs> Just love it. So the series that we did, it was called the Disney Canon Countdown. And so we actually have reviewed every single animated film up until that point. This was released in 2016. But before we move into a new age, one of the writers will break down that era. And according to the official Rotoscopers Ages, uh, Jungle Book is in the previous age, which is the Silver Age. And the Bronze Age really begins with the Aristocats in 1970. And I just really love these images that we created for this. They're so beautiful. But I'll include a link to that in the show notes so you can see the Disney Canon Countdown. Also include the link for this one, the Bronze Age, so you can read a little bit more about it. As we exit Disney's Silver Age, we enter into the Bronze Age. It's very fun. Very well done. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the beginning of the Bronze Age with the Aristocats. So what were your initial thoughts about this film did you watch this a lot growing up favorite of yours yeah definitely was one of my favorites growing up I loved this one I I have seen this so many times and there are just different parts of this movie that are engraven in my head <laughs> as just very fond memories growing up with this um, I'm looking back at some of the history as far as like times that it's gone back into theaters and so you had back in, it originally came out in, the, in 1970, you said, but uh, it was re-released to theaters in 1980, 1987, and then also how many times they all went to VHS and home um, was like five or six more times that they like mm -hmm. put this out there. And I'm pretty sure I have every version of this. I'm pretty sure I have, <laughs> I, I definitely have the VHS. I definitely yeah. have the DVD. I'm pretty sure I have the the Blu-ray and mm -hmm. obviously now I have streaming. So <laughs> like this is so you are apart. an Aristocats super fan basically is what I you're guess, saying. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for me, this one was it just goes into the full the full view of like what is classic Disney. And this even though, yes, it wasn't like any from the, the gold or the silver age, but like this, the bronze age for me was also just, you know, you had the kind of 
melds into like 101 Dalmatians, which had come out a couple of years prior to this. So it's it feels to me like it's still in the same in that genre. Mm-hmm. And especially it has this a very same plot structure as 101 Dalmatians. Like they kind of meant it to be that way. They they had a couple different iterations planned at first mm-hmm. uh, in looking into this and and then they decided, well, let's just follow what hap- what did well in 101 Dalmatians and just make it a, a journey adventure film. And mm-hmm. um, so I I like how they did it. it. It kind of plays off of that quite a bit. You have a lot of random characters that you don't see very often, but they have enough just funny and like quirkiness that they're totally in your memory as like that's a character like they are a character <laughs> like, right abigail amelia like amelia. these are <laughs> <laughs> uncle yeah. waldo like these are characters that it's like i can't i can't imagine my mem- my memories of childhood without knowing some of these lines you know like the, it's very qu- quote and quotables as you would say um, <laughs> quotables <laughs> a long forgotten part of the podcast that never quite kept going on we should bring it back I think we tried to do it once, but neither of you are, neither of us are like as good as we would want to be on like coming back and forth on quotes, quote wars. (laughs) So it's not quite as fun, but it's fun to like, think about it. I just like how the, the plot really does move, you know, very sequentially, but you, you remember all of these characters and then you're also just like, I, I like how it comes right back and it, it ends well, you know, I, it's a it's a solid solid movie. I just think that this is one of those that the Paris idea as well, and the and the fact that I did love cats growing up. I had a cat, and like I I basically just had cat a cat until I was like in high school. So mm-hmm. that was the other thing why I was so like enamored with this film. Yeah, I grew up watching this. This was always in rotation on my household. It was very enjoyable. And just something that I loved. And like you said, these characters were Disney characters, even ancillary characters like Abigail and Amelia the Geese and Uncle Waldo. It's just there's just so many really funny moments. And Napoleon, (laughs) The, the two dogs just randomly in the French countryside and they're guarding their domain. Just So many really funny moments. Um. You know, even even quotes like creme de la creme de la Edgar. <laughs> right. I would say that all the time for dinner. <laughs> so that is creme uh, de la creme de la Edgar. The little mouse oh. that's voiced by Sterling's Holloway. Just every every little part of this is just really good. It's really charming. And when my kids wanted to watch it, I was like, oh, good. You know, because I don't know what it is about them. They are the, the children of an animation addict. But maybe they got a little bit of their their dad in them because they just (laughs) don't really just want to sit and I don't let them sit and watch movies. So it's probably my fault, you know, but when it comes to like family movie night, I'm like, okay, we got to watch a new movie. They're like, no, I just want to watch this one. I'm like, but this one is so good, but they did want to watch it. And I was very happy about it and they loved it. It was so cute. It was just because of the music. It was because we've been listening to the CD uh, cause here's the reason why, in case you're like Morgan, why with Spotify and streaming, <laughs> are you listening to these CDs in your car? So here is my confession guys. I put on the CDs for them and then that allows me so I can stream whatever podcast or whatever. And I can listen to that on my headphones as I'm driving. <laughs> See, if I'm streaming, it won't let me stream something else. Does that make sense? <laughs> so it. that is why we've busted out the old CDs, because that allows them to listen to their thing. And then I can listen to my thing 
Nice. Life is great. <laughs> Life hack, a la Morgan. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then another like fun character I really like is the Frufru. <laughs> like, oh yeah. This movie is one. It's so quotable, as I mentioned, but it also has so many of these Disney trivia things that you would never know. For example, you have the lawyer. If you go on to IMDb, he's not mentioned it by name. It just says the lawyer, but you have mm-hmm. to watch the movie and it's like George O'Court, you know, and it's just like names like that. And then Abigail and Amelia and their their last names is Gabble. <laughs> just like, how do you know these things? Oh, these are these are great things to add to our Disney trivia night. We need to start. We just need a, a document of just random Disney trivia that we just when we come across something like this, just throw it on there. Yeah, because we do the, we do do that with the patrons, which is tons of fun. You should join if you haven't already. Rotoscopers.com slash patron. And we have been doing trivia nights or yeah, trivia nights, basically, where everyone can play at the same time. And it's a ton of fun. So it is join the fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess the, those are all reasons why it's like, oh, yeah, you know, good, good times. Let the good times roll. You know, mm-hmm. also, you know, the music of this was is fabulous. George Bruns. Does the score, which is totally just... 101 Dalmatian vibes. He has yes. a, a sound and you mm-hmm. can, you can spot it a mile away. <laughs> yeah. And his, the, like the actual songs of this too, were so are catchy. They're fun. They're, they're catchy. <laughs> like they aren't as grandiose as the songs, you know, that came a couple decades prior, obviously. Or after. Yeah. These probably, if you were to make a top 10 list, speaking of Disney top 10 songs, uh, these probably wouldn't make it, but they're still fun. I always loved the title song, The Aristocats, uh-huh. sung by Maurice Chevalier. I always thought that was just like a hidden jewel that no one really knew about. A lot of these title songs people don't consider to be a Disney song or they don't think about it. So you better believe I had that on my Disney playlist on my of iPod. Course. And I loved when it came up, you know. They brought him, they brought Maurice Chevalier. He was this famous French singer. They brought him out of retirement just to sing this. Uh, now, one thing that I didn't know was that the Sherman brothers only did those two songs. They did um, the Aristocats title song, and then they did, uh, was it Scales and Arpeggios? Probably. That seems like a song they would do. Yeah. It, it. Let's see. Yes. And then all the other ones, Thomas O'Malley Cat, Everyone Wants to Be a Cat, and She Never Felt Alone. That, they did that one, too. So there were three that they did. And um, yeah, so he, they did about half of the songs on here. And I don't know, they had tons of other songs written. It just didn't, um, didn't work. And so they brought other people in and this kind of really soured them. And it was really the last movie they'd worked on with Disney until they came back for the Tigger movie. (laughs) Well, and then also they themselves were having a lot of issues like between each other. Oh, that's for another day, right? (laughs) But that's so sad. Anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll include a link to the, they actually re-released this, um, the Legacy Collection. You remember a few years ago, Disney, uh-huh. you know, when CDs were still kind of like trying to make it a thing, they, <laughs> they basically repackaged the songs from various movies and they brought in a lot of like bonus material or deleted songs. So I'll include a link so you can check this out. And they had new artwork that was done by Lorelei Bove, which it's so beautiful. Mm. I love it so much, um, but it has some of these bonus or forgotten songs. So that's worth listening to or streaming. I'll include a link so you can check that out. So I did not include in the best filler songs ranked. I did not mm-hmm. include scales and arpeggios. <gasps> and the, uh, that one should have been on there. I'm glad you've realized your mistake. 
It, I don't know if right? it would have like made it up to any top 10, but it definitely should have been on my list. Of... Yes. That was a fun one that I loved just, yeah. you know, seeing it here and there. Right. There's just, I, I don't know. Is this because we grew up watching this? I want to know if people recently have come across the Aristocats, does it have the same, you know, cuteness, charming ability that it has for us? I mean, it's so charming. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's just cute. It's not it's not it's not going to blow you away. No, no. But it's it's not going to bore you. I actually think this is a pretty short film. I didn't look at the runtime, but it keeps the pace. I yeah, definitely. This story was originally based off of a story that was written for the Wonderful World of Color and it was at first they were like, "Oh, we can make it in New York," but then because they had already done something good in in uh, 101 Dalmatians being in London, they're like, oh, let's put it somewhere else. They put it in Paris. And then it was kind of, it went back and forth as far as like how it could, would it be for a magical world of color or would they actually push this up and to make it a, uh, an, a full-fledged animated movie? And it was back and forth uh, mostly because Walt was working on Jungle Book. It got shelved and then they brought it back uh, the project as, Hey, you know, this actually would work better as a feature length film. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I did, I was looking into a little bit of the history of this and it was actually really funny because there, there's a character that it was going to be, but then it, they decided to change it. They had like a maid as well. And so it was, the fortune was going to be given to both of them equally after the cats. And so Edgar now is trying to swindle the girl and like, try to marry her so that he can get the share her share as well. But then she's like kind of a, she's definitely not a, a smart person. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. she's like, has a book like there's, it's really actually kind of cute. There was another song that they cut. Her name was going to be Elvira and which is obviously a fabulous name. And she's got this book, basically instructions on how on, on courtship. And so he's trying to get her but she's like, oh, no, you need to you need to court me like this. And so, like, it, that was part of the song, I guess. It was interesting. But then they were <laughs> like, yeah, let's just cut her. <laughs> and I understand why they would cut her, because it was it's kind of a, a roundabout thing. Just just get to the point, like mm -hmm. basically get to Lafayette and <laughs> get to the ancillary characters out there. They're fun. <laughs> you know, it's really funny when I think about this movie and I never really made this connection, but it kind of just seems like. Lady and the Tramp meets 101 Dalmatians. Yes. Because you have the the different classes between Duchess and Thomas O'Malley and that right. whole relationship and, and romance that happens. But then you have the other element of the kidnapping of the animals. And I was right. trying to think, like, well, does that make this seem not very original? And I never felt that way watching it. Yeah. Like now having definitely looked at it through that lens, I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't feel... Uh, super unique, but nonetheless, that never affected my viewing of it. I agree. Yeah, I I was able to look at. I think because the characters themselves are so dynamic, mm -hmm. you're able to look at it as in its own thing. Um, and you got Eva Gabor it's so different as Duchess. You know, mm -hmm. so that you already have like she's just so different. Um, and then Phil Harris, ah, uh, Phil. <laughs> Do you like him? I mean, there are some criticisms that he basically is just a mirror image of Baloo. He's playing the exact same character he as is. Baloo, just as a cat. Does that work? Um, he's a little, he's, I would say he's a little bit more schemy than Baloo ever was. Yeah. Baloo's kind of, 
Baloo is just kind of like a a good time hero, you know? Like mm-hmm. Thomas O'Malley, he's definitely <laughs> a schemer. Like <laughs> <laughs> like she, he's coming after her like he's just like oh so smooth and yet oh so scammy as far as like a suitor type guy and yeah. <laughs> like you have got duchess down there and come on let's be real she's not as naive as one would think i mean she's probably most definitely heard these kinds of empty but poetic lines like not so long ago <laughs> Because now she's left with three kids to show for it. So, like, she's been through this before. <laughs> what and happened so to she's, the dad? <laughs> that's Do what, we know? <laughs> that's what she... Well, I think I'm pretty sure that that's how she, she gets to the point when Thomas O'Malley comes in. She's like, yeah, uh-huh, magic carpet. Right, got it. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's heard this before. And she knows exactly where, like, it leads. There's no magic carpet. There's nothing of that. Yeah, you're... Oh, yeah? You're gonna... You thought it was just going to be me and you, huh? Yeah, uh-huh, back off, boy. Like, <laughs> she's yeah. so, like, she's so elevated and yet so, like, I know your deal, dude, kind of a... <laughs> yeah, when they get even, you know, she's very street savvy, even though you wouldn't expect her to be because she's, well, one, she's voiced by Ava Gabor, which just gives her this air of sophistication. Um, but really, as soon as they get kidnapped and they're stranded... She never freaks out. And I think that's a, right. a good character trait for her is she's perfectly fine. She's cool headed and she's just going to help them get back to where they need to go. Obviously, she's willing to accept help. She's not so, well, we can do this ourselves. You know, when, when Thomas comes by, she right. graciously accepts that, you know, right. any mom with three kids would. <laughs> <laughs> but she's not, like you said, she's not naive in where this is going. Like, oh, you don't get a free ride because you're helping us out and no, <laughs> right that's not how i roll <laughs> she's i mean she's still interested so it's not like she's closed off at all because she you know she still looks at him with those beautiful eyes you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like sapphires but she's also not <laughs> she she looks innocent but she's not naive like that's just how it is yeah so yeah okay let's talk about madame adelaide oh she is a retired opera star slash heiress. I don't feel like she's only an opera star because one, you've got to have money in order to have the training to be an opera star, even in 1910. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> you just have to Chelsea's calling it out. <laughs> so she has Madame. to be an heiress to have all these, the stocks, the bonds, the diamonds, the jewels. But I have a question. How much do you think she is actually worth? With the house. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I mean, in 1910 money, I, it's hard right. to make those calculations. In today's a couple million. In today's uh, well, standards, oh, what would you say? I mean, a couple million in 1910, maybe she's probably 30 to 50 million by today's standards. Yeah. I mean, you got the house. The house on, in and of itself in Paris. Wee oui, wee. Wee wee. You're looking at maybe like, oh, at least 20 mil for that. Right, right. At least, and probably more, considering the location and everything, and the 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 opulence of it all. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at stocks and the bonds and the jewels. Each jewel probably has its own story, and therefore, if you're looking at like a if you got a thing of gold there, the melt price is probably going to be less than what the actual story and historical value of this piece is. So I'm I'm just mm-hmm. like this girl is loaded. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. And it's really sad that Edgar, because like up until the moment when he thinks that he's about to get a free ride off of 
it's definitely not a free ride because he's working, but it's still not enough to be an heir of all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Up until that point, he seemed like a decent guy. And then he just realized I can get completely rich just by offing a couple cats. This is a story about greed and entitlement. Yeah. You know, feeling entitled to something that does not does is not yours. This is a, a big issue that I have is, hey, this person has this thing. Therefore, and I and they have more than me. Therefore, it belongs to me or it should be given to me. That's not how this works. Nope. That's not right. how it works. And he <laughs> he was happy with his job, doing a great job. And then for some reason, I guess he thought because he was an employee of hers, he was entitled to some portion of the money. In what circumstances do you, does your employee get your fortune? They're not even a <laughs> right. blood relation. You know, and then he just goes off on this scheme, which what would make her th- him think that he's going to be the default de facto next person? You know, well, it do- she does say that it will go to him after it goes to the cats. So once okay, they've okay. lived out their lives, but they're... they're like he's Come on, saying, cats don't live that long. He is not thinking. <laughs> and even if they do, he just now inherited a bunch of cats. Like he's got to just make sure they live and he's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he still is able to have all of the power on knowing what to do with this money or even just like getting rid of it all. But like he just has to like make sure the cats have food. <laughs> like, right. That's all he has. And. Then my other problem with Edgar is, I mean, obviously very not, really not that smart. Um, the fact that he decides to do this the moment that she decides to give, put him in the will. But Madame is not dead. And she probably won't be dying for quite some time. Like she, <laughs> So why would you get rid of the cats now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say she couldn't get new cats after that? Exactly. And after a period of grieving, <laughs> right. he, again, Edgar, not the smartest bulb for not sure. Not the smartest. But I will say, George O'Corte, um, Harcourt, is probably one of my favorite, like, auxiliary old characters that I, I think I have. I love his song, Da Ra Ra Boom Die. Da Ra Ra Boom Die. Like, I have that in my yes. head. <laughs> specifically from that oh goodness i love it um, See, there's so many good things about this <laughs> oops not a surprise i was when i was 80 eh that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good oh then they there's like trying to go up he's like oh can we please go up the elevator ah the elevators are from old people you know last one up the stairs is are is a nincompoop and i'm just like oh man i love this guy he's so grand so if we were to play Catch and Fire with the three kittens, Marie, Toulouse, and Berlioz, which is your favorite? Who would you pick? Oh, I mean, I, you got to go with Marie just because her quote, ladies do not start fights, but we can finish them, which I don't know why she has a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> she went to boarding school in, Maybe. in London with the, with the aunt. Well, then, like, the other, like, Berlioz and Toulouse don't really have accents either. Like, they're American. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Don't uh, talk about it. (laughs) The accent game is so, like, who cares? Oh, yeah. So it's an American. It's an American show. Right. I'm I'm not offended in the least. Well, the American, of course, but. Right, right. But, yeah, I think for me, I would go with Marie. But it's that's a hard toss up between Berlioz and Toulouse, too, because they're both they both have. They hold their own. She was sassy. She's the sassy single sister. 
Uh-huh. Um, she doesn't let her brothers walk around her. So I like it. I like it. I like her. How about you? Uh, you know, I would say Marie just because out of the two other brothers, like Toulouse and Berlioz, they're, they're kind of interchangeable personalities. That's true. People might come at me for that, but they're kind of the same. They're just yeah. different colors. Um, but Marie is kind of a standout for sure. Yeah. So what was your thoughts when it came to when he ends up losing the Betty Bye basket <laughs> over and we, get to, basket. <laughs> we get to meet uh, Napoleon and Lafayette? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. George Lindsay and Pat Buttram. Those are like two amazing character voices that I don't mm -hmm. think you can get much like the fact that you don't see them and much of their work anymore makes me sad, even though I didn't grow yeah. up in an age where it was abundant but i still yeah. got enough of it that i can i can appreciate and i'm like oh yeah that guy i watched uh it was beverly hillbillies i know who these guys are <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love them i think they're great reprieve when it, the plot could, could get a little heavy it kind of yeah. goes back to them i love that it ends on their note i just i just love how he has the i'm the leader i say when we're gonna go you know and then and then they carry it back at the end and they're like, hey, Napoleon, this sounds like the end. I'm the leader. I say when it's the end. It's the end. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just such a great way to end the movie. This is just a, a ton of fun. <laughs> I agree. So who was your favorite character of the side characters? Oh, man, I really can't choose. They're just they're all great in their own way. You know, the one characters that really don't make an impact on me are the alley cat. Uh-huh. I mean, Scat Cat, I guess, is the standout of, of them, but um, those characters don't really do it to me. I really like Rockford. Rockford, um, yeah. I think Rockford, Sterling Holloway, which is the original Winnie the Pooh voice. You can't Once you hear that, you can't unhear that. Yes. Um, I think he's so sweet. Duchess, kitten. <laughs> he's so cute. Oh, I just happen to have a cracker. <laughs> I happen to have a cracker. <laughs> creme de la creme de la ecker. Mmm. It's adorable. I love it. Yeah, he definitely. And the fact that he's so determined on finding them is just so Aww. endearing. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, you would think that the, the mouse in the home would be something that the cats, you know, it's technically their job to get rid of it. But just really fun that they have this relationship and they're not going to eat him. And they're like, hey, come on down, eat some food. It's fun. We're aristocrats. We do not eat anything else other than what's given to us. We don't kill. There's no biting and clawing. <laughs> we do not yes. do such things. <laughs> if I'm looking at some of the auxiliary, I mean, Abigail, Amelia, and of course, Uncle Waldo making inebriation look fun. They're fun. Would you say that? I mean, I <laughs> didn't drink. I wasn't really around people that drank, but I was very aware of what he was representing and he was oh, yeah. drunk. Uh, right. Even at a very young age, I, I, I knew what that was and what that meant. And it did not make it seem fun to me. <laughs> make it seem like this is an, idi an idiot. Oh. I think, yeah, that's definitely, I, I never thought that it, it never gave me the <laughs> now desire. Now we know where Chelsea's secret habit has come from. <laughs> Uncle Waldo. Uncle Waldo. Yeah, no, I, I think it's just funny because you have them and these English geese are walking their way through Europe. It's just like so weird, <laughs> but I love it. Berlioz, uh, another really fun quote that I forgot is like, uh, Marie's like, uh, he's, he makes a painting that looks like Edgar, Edgar. And Marie's like, oh, it's Edgar. And Berlioz says, old pickle puss Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> and Duchess starts laughing. Pickle puss, he 
<laughs> oh, don't, don't say that. It's not nice. <laughs> Even though she so agrees. Like there's the other one that kind of like shouts through my memory when I think about this movie is, uh, or no, specifically it was a commercial for one of the re-releases and it was probably at the beginning of a, of a VHS somewhere. And it was Madame saying they're gone. And that part is also burned in my memory. Mm -hmm. Uh, those commercials, man, they, they definitely like have a place in my head that it's like, they're not leaving. They're never going to leave my mind. So as far as like the music goes, like I'm really a big fan of, as you mentioned before, the Oristo Cats, the opening mm -hmm. monologue. I'm not sure. Did I put that? <laughs> See, as we're going through all these, I go back to my my top 10 lists of different songs. And I don't know if I added this one correctly to the like opener songs. Uh-huh. I believe and so. And I just trust. I trusted you, Chelsea. I, I just know. trusted everything I... that you would do. It's just so much work. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'll go back in and we'll on upcoming episodes, we I will make amends for whichever things that I've I've done wrong because I'm sure I've done a lot. But anyway, we've got Aristocats, Scales and Arpeggios, Thomas O'Malley, and Everybody Wants to Be a Cat, which is, you know, definitely the most popular of all the songs on this. Mm -hmm. And then there was the how much you mean to me slash court me slowly song that was deleted. Oh, that was deleted. I thought you meant the the one that it is now. Like she, it, it's the weirdest name ever. She never feels alone. Right, like, right, right. Gag me with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just her kind of sitting there and he's like, okay, I guess you do have to go back to her. Like, okay, Thomas. I mean, are you going to provide right. for this, for this group of cats? Like, how are you uh -huh. planning on making this work out? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think you can handle the high maintenance cat that Duchess actually is. <laughs> right. And that's probably what happened to the dad of the other three, you know? Mm -hmm. He knew he couldn't cut it. So it's that's, <laughs> you know, there was there was supposed to be an Aristocats 2 that was coming around. Um, there was a Chicken Little 2 and a Meet the Robinsons 2 kind of uh. around this time period. It was supposed to follow Marie as they're on a cruise ship and you know, there's a jewel <laughs> thief. And, you know, it really should have been about finding her dad. You know, yeah, that's yeah. Every orphan or, you know, been abandoned by a parent. That's the ultimate search, right? That they want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily Lasseter came in and when he became um, part of the Disney, he looked at that and he's like, yeah, we're, we're scrapping that. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. So it was supposed to release in like 2007, but then in 2006, he's like, yeah, we're, we're cutting that, <laughs> which is probably yeah, for yeah. the best. Good for oh. him. <laughs> <laughs> so glad that we didn't dirty the disney name by adding more mm -hmm. of these well if you were to rate this film on a scale of one to five what would you mm -hmm. rate it Morgan? i would give it a four out of five i think i would agree with yeah four for me it's like i know that this is not uh, like critically acclaimed like it's not going to change my life <laughs> it definitely right. does not um but it is fanciful it's fun mm -hmm. and it moves quickly and there's a lot to remember about it. Right. Yeah. Like I said, it it is basically 101 Dalmatians meets Lady and the Tramp. I think each one of those does the different elements best. You know, the 
the scoundrel and the lady, you know, that's, I think, better in Lady and the Tramp. And then the kidnapping or the puppy napping is better in 100 Dalmatians. But this just kind of has a little bit of each and does it pretty darn well. Yeah. For what it is, you know? Yeah. How did your kids like it? They enjoyed it. You know, they, I don't think they they weren't begging to watch it again, but they stayed very they were watching the whole thing. They weren't bored. You know, I, I, when you, you have animals as your main characters, it's very easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, we want to know what you guys thought about this film. You can definitely go to rotoscopers.com slash two, four, one. And you can make a comment on there. I go back in there and I, and I reply as much as I can to people's comments, as well as you can head on over to rotoscopers.com slash Instagram and make comments on those posts that we're going to be talking about this. Mm-hmm. All right. And in coming episodes, don't forget, uh, we are going to be doing several more of these best Disney songs in certain categories. <laughs> and eventually we will be doing like a hierarchy of favorite songs of all time, which whoop, whoop. is completely like just, you know, Morgan and I's thoughts. So it may or may not come do with you. It's just kind of what we like. But these are fun episodes to look forward to. We also have several other movies that are on deck that we have talked about prior uh, that have been kind of shuffled around, and we do that, but they will come. We promise. Good, good. All right, until next time. We are the Rotoscopers. locking the door because otherwise it never fails someone you know comes what in. you we, we both both we both have the same problem <laughs> you have adults that like to wander in and i have children that like to wander in yeah. so i put on i let them pick a movie not a show they they know the difference uh-huh they're really excited they get to watch a movie because we only really do movies for like movie night and whatnot and or so when mom's they want to pick <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, because otherwise they want to pick like these 20, 25 minute shows and then they come in every and I turn autoplay off, which I, I guess I could update that. But they just don't want them. They really only watch one show a day. Um, So if I leave it on, then it just like plays and plays and plays and they don't say anything. They zip their mouth and <laughs> move on. Um, anyways, I, I don't want them watching shows. So I said, pick a movie. And they picked the Aristocats. No, no, sorry. No, they did not pick that. They picked it. Oh, like again? No, they watched that last week. One of the reasons why we're doing this. Uh, Are you recording? I am. Oh, okay, good. I'm recording too. All right. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.